When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They have an offer every football fan should jump on right now. New customers that use the code PHNX to sign up can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point, which is pretty much a guarantee. Johnny, how you doing? It's a victory Monday, but I think both of us feel like uh, we're losing in some department here. It's a, It's been a long Monday. <laughs> it has. You know, you and I had long Sundays covering this team from wire to wire. Uh, it's a good kind of Monday hangover, so to speak. We're tired, uh, but we're rallying just as the Cardinals are. They got a rally from... Some injuries, a very physical game, and it was almost like watching that game took its physical toll on us as we're dragging into this work week. But, I mean, we've done five of these shows now, and the team has not let us down since. We've gotten to experience five Victory Mondays. It's a good place to be here on the PHNX Cardinals podcast. Just like... It's always good to get a win no matter what. It's always good to talk about a win no matter what. So I would much That's rather true. be sitting here on a victory Monday uh, any day. So, you know, 5-0 is a big-time accomplishment. Kyler Murray, though, he, he doesn't think it's a big deal to him. I just thought it was an interesting response after after yesterday's win. Uh, I mean, I think it's an accomplishment for the organization. Uh, me personally, I don't um, – I don't know. It doesn't really do anything for me, uh, but no, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's a good thing. I mean, you know, for for us, as far as the mindset goes, and we accomplished that this week. Uh, we can't get bored of winning. Um, we can't get bored of doing the little things right. I think um, you know, like like I said today, wasn't one of the flashiest wins. It wasn't the prettiest, but at the end of the day, you know, we got something. We can be happy we won. You know, if we would have lost, it would you know everybody would have been pissed off and, and angry. So uh, it's good that we won. Should he? Be a little more excited about the fact that they're undefeated and five and zero for the first time since the seventies. Well, yeah, we're excited because we cover this team year in and year out. I would imagine he's excited with his teammates. That was well after the game had concluded. Kyler likes to take his sweet time getting to the press conference. I don't mind. Every it, media member knows that about Kyler. He will always be by far the last to show up to speak with he media will. members. When he plays like this, it doesn't bother me. Uh, but in all seriousness, so Kyler Murray lost a lot of games to begin his Cardinal career. Uh, and a lot of the time, that was through no fault of his own. So he continually preached this offseason that they need to establish this culture where wins are expected. To go back, of course, to his high school days as a Texas star quarterback. He went undefeated from his sophomore year to his senior year as the starting quarterback for his high school team. Didn't lose a start. Uh, three state championships in the process. Then he goes to Oklahoma, eventually starts in 2018, loses two games, October 6th 
versus the number 19th ranked Texas Longhorns. They lose 48-45, loses by three points. Then fast forward to December 29th in, against, I believe, the eventual national champion Alabama Crimson Tide. Kyler loses th- uh, 45-34. to Those were his two collegiate losses of note during the 2018 season. That would be like what equates to you lose to the Seahawks one week and then eventually you lose to Tampa Bay in the playoffs. That's the expectation Kyler Murray has for this organization. That's where he wants to set the bar. Uh, he breaks passing records and touchdown records seemingly every week, you know, from a career standpoint, a game in and game out standpoint, and none of that phases him. Because I think he knows at this point, this is an organization that's been starved for a winner because there hasn't been consistent winning that's been done here. So they're going over these hurdles, and it's you know monumental for, for folks involved with the Cardinal franchise. But the players directly, I mean, they have to think big picture. They emphasize this as did Cliff Kingsbury in the press conference, that it's a week-to-week approach. They always just they want to be 1-0, right? DeAndre Hopkins said as much. That's the perfect mindset for this team. Because if you start looking back to 2020 and where things kind of fell off is they were feeling themselves at 6-3. and three. Players have come out and admitted as such. They're buttoned up now. They're 5-0. and oh. They're certainly not satisfied. Kyler Murray spoke openly about winning the division. That's his goal right now. You win the division, especially in the NFC West, and the record that would take, it would set you up for a position to be a true contender in the NFC, potentially to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs as that number one seed. So that's where his mindset is. It's not about starting the year undefeated because it breaks some record or matches some record from the 70s. It's about what can we do in the short term to put us ourselves in a position to compete for a championship at the end of the year. And that's the perfect mindset for this Cardinal organization right now. I wonder at what point it sort of shifts to, oh, crap, like we're really good and we can't get ahead of ourselves because like we are setting ourselves up right now for, I mean, in, in their eyes, probably, you know, a championship contending team right now. So I, I wonder at first it was like, okay, we're one and oh. We're just 2-0. It's only two games in. It's just 3-0. But I wonder if, if week five, maybe, after your back-to-back wins against division opponents, maybe it starts to settle in like, hey, <laughs> nobody get ahead of ourselves right now. Like, we're, we're, we're actually really good and, and legit contenders. Yeah, I do think this week against an AFC team that's, I think, desperate for a win that's probably better than their 3-2 and record, that being Cleveland, it's going to be very difficult. Uh, for the Cardinals to to leave that environment with a W, not to say they can't do it, certainly. But I also think you, you have to take kind of the season as it comes to you, the ebbs and flows of it. Anxious to see the injury report. We're going to talk about all of that and, and who may or may not be available come Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. But really with this Cardinal team right now, they had to set the tone specifically in the division, and they've done that each of the past two weeks, to come away with really authoritative wins, especially against the Rams, and to a lesser extent, San Francisco. But I, I don't think anybody, even though it was a one-possession game and the Cardinals ended up winning by 7, 17-7, to 17-10, uh, to end the game, I don't think anybody in San Francisco thought that they were in the same realm of contenders as the Cardinals. They just can't. With their quarterback play, inconsistencies on the offensive line, their back seven. So you put a lot of doubt in two teams, the Rams and the Niners, that before the season, many thought would be Super Bowl contenders, and we'll see what happens with the Rams. The Niners, I can tell you definitively, are not in that class. You have to take care of business in your division if you want to be a contender, if you want to make the postseason, and the Cardinals are 
it's almost more important in a weird way, Cheerson, to start 2-0 in the NFC West than it is to start undefeated through five weeks. If, if they had played a bunch of AFC teams that didn't affect tiebreakers or, or seedings at the end of the year, but they were 5-0, and the NFC West is the litmus test. We've said it all offseason up until this point, and, and they've passed with, with flying colors. Well, I wish I was a little more uh, excited after yesterday's win, but the the injuries sort of put a damper on it all. Not not just because of you know uh, oh you feel for the guys and okay this is going to impact them moving forward, but this could really change the trajectory depending on on what we hear back from uh, from that front of where their season can go. And so Rodney Hudson and Max Williams, we did not get an update on them. Cliff Kingsbury said that we would know a little bit more than the coming days. But Max Williams, it looked like the way that he was cut off the field. His season could be over. They're going to have to take a look at that tight end position. But Rodney Hudson, I immediately said this. The Cardinals do not get to where they're at. 5-0. and if it weren't for Rodney Hudson, they do not have the big time offensive improvements and, and the performances that they've had without Rodney Hudson. And so unsure Kyler said after the game, uh, yeah, I talked to Rodney. It seems like he's going to be okay. We all know that until the actual reports come out uh, and we hear the, you know, the results from, from medical analysis, you don't really know. So Rodney Hudson, to me right now, is is the biggest question mark. And in my opinion, um, you could beg the question, if you don't have Rodney Hudson, let's just say it's a worst-case scenario season-ending injury, if you don't have him for the rest of the year, this 5-0 and start could potentially be meaningless. Yeah, that's 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 certainly could be the case. Uh, it's unfortunate that... He left the game, certainly. It's a rib injury, so it's not a lower body injury. That is, I think, best case scenario uh, because you're able to walk off as he was under his own power. If As long as it's not a broken rib by any stretch, if it's se- severely bruised, um, that's, I wouldn't say that's a quick recovery, but that's a recovery that happens within the duration of a season, and that's the most extreme case. Now, I'm not a doc- doctor, nor do I play one on this podcast, but I – I do watch a lot of Twitter uh, doctors and analysis that are that are done, and there I, are I think a lot the general, out there. Actually, there are. Yeah, I think the general consensus is he probably won't. I would say probably won't play this weekend. And then you've got Houston next week. I think the Cardinals, if they feel like okay, Max Garcia was really good late in that game, graded out really high. His PFF rating, I think, was over seventy. Think about how they ran the ball effectively and that last drive with James Conner was right behind Max Garcia. I think they're thinking to themselves, okay, let's get Rodney Hudson healthy, hopefully, and we can sub-start Max Garcia for the next two weeks and then kind of assess where we're at. It's the only thing that concerns me because I was kind of feeling that he had avoided major injury based on Kyler having spoken with him and hearing those comments firsthand yesterday. Anytime, I mean – he got lumped in with Max Williams today. And there's not a person listening to this podcast that thinks Max Williams is going to play football again this year or, or the closest thing to, you know, being fully healthy anytime soon for meaningful football. And Rod, or, uh, Max Williams took a knee, took a helmet to the knee, and Rodney Hudson, you know, walked off under his own power. Two different scenarios. 
Um, well, I will say this. I will say this. It, it kind of reminds me. I know we're talking about two different injuries, but uh, I think it was Max Garcia who uh, he, he tore his ACL. It was some. It was a Cardinal player, and he was. They were talking about how uh, they were injured in practice and tore their ACL, and they were you know getting ready to go to like uh, like get lunch with t- teammates or whatever. Uh, thought everything was fine. Just thought it was a little swollen. And the team doctor said, Hey, uh, did you like hear a pop or anything? And they were like, no. And Mm. he was like, well, you tore your ACL and he's like driving to get lunch. Like, so I, I'm just saying sometimes you think that doesn't make me feel good. (laughs) I'm sorry to be a Debbie downer. And I know they're two different injuries. I know like you're talking about ribs or I, I know, I understand that. I'm just saying sometimes you can think, uh, an injury is, oh, it's a ride. It was just a bruise or whatever. And it could end up being way worse than you ever thought. And so that's why I can't wait to hear uh, more information on exactly what the injury is um, and, and hear from straight from Cliff's mouth on on what the uh, the timetable is, uh, is for Rodney Hudson. Good news. I just Googled how long it takes to recover from a broken rib. And it says in most instances, <laughs> it's six weeks. So that's worst case scenario. Um, so they would be without him from, uh, roughly week six to week 12. And he'd come back for the last third of the season. So he's good. We're fine. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> and obviously this is just you and I talking. We, we don't know. We're, We're very, actually we... very worried. <laughs> as far as, uh, Max Garcia though, Cliff was asked about him and how comfortable he is stepping in for Ronnie Hudson at center moving forward. Here's what he had to say. We love what Max is about, what, he, what he's brought to the table. Um, whether we've asked him to go in a guard or center, he doesn't blink, works hard at it, studies hard at it. Um, you know, if he has to play this week at, at center, he'll be ready to go. And um, the team and the, all, that O-line room has a tremendous amount of faith in him. I do. I, I have turned into a Max Garcia fan. Uh, yeah. And and that's mostly just because, A, I think he stepped in and did a great job, and you mentioned what he was graded at, but I also just think he's a great human. Just like Rodney Hudson, a lot of what you know what was said about him, the leader that he was, and I think Max Garcia fills at minimum that, that role on the line. Yeah, I would totally agree. And I think there's maybe a point to be made that if he had been healthy last year, like would he have supplanted Mason Cole with how poor Mason Cole played last year? If this was what the Cardinals – were to be getting it in 2020. I know when they brought him back, I was like, mm, I don't know. That might be a little bit of a throwaway move. We didn't see him at all last year. He's a former fourth round starter in Denver and, and had some, some ups and downs. And you could see, I mean, he was healthy to begin the off season, got after it, um, got a little nicked up uh, in training camp. But I mean, now his versatility, you talk about, you hear the term six linemen. That is one of the most important attributes a team can have. Factors where a guy can come off the bench. He can play all three interiors. So he's essentially the backup for Rodney Hudson, Justin Pugh, Josh Jones. And then Josh Jones would kick out to tackle in that case, like we saw when Kelvin Beecham was out. That that versatility and flexibility, that's huge in the NFL. You have to be your your football IQ has to be off the charts to be able to man three different positions uh, for a team that considers themselves right now legitimate playoff contenders. And you have to protect a quarterback that's 5'10 and undersized and the, and the responsibility that comes with that. So uh, it's it, it's a coup. Steve Kime basically batted a 1,000 this offseason. He's had some misses in free agency in recent memory, but it's one of his best free agent classes 
and it's paying dividends now. And certainly Max is going to have an opportunity to help this team even further as we were, you know, await results with Rodney Hudson. But I, I will tell you, if the fourth quarter and the prior week against Jacksonville is any indication, he will be fine. It's just you miss his versatility now because if somebody else, God forbid, were to go down, you're in trouble. You have to really dip deep, deep in your dip deep in your pockets from the practice squad standpoint. And then also, you know, what's he going to look like over the course of, you know, three to five games if that ends up happening and teams get a little bit more tape on him. Rodney Hudson, you can't replace um, and certainly would be a devastating loss. Again, fingers crossed. It's it's just a a minimal uh, absence, if any, for Rodney, because I, I do think that even, I mean, his PFF score, pro football focus score has been fine, but just his intellect, his experience, what he brings to the table, he's seen everything, he's done everything. That was that was gut-wrenching yesterday. He and Max, the Cardinals are going to have to reshape some things up front. We're just bracing ourselves for the worst-case scenario and hoping for the best while we do it. Uh, some good news, though, on the injury front, I suppose, is that uh, they were able to get a win without Byron Murphy and without Marco Wilson. Right now, they are listed as day-to-day, but Cliff Kingsbury said that yeah, that he's pretty hopeful that having the weekend off is going to help them be, uh, you know, help them recover and and get back in time to play this weekend in Cleveland. Robert Alford, Antonio Hamilton stepped in, uh, and even Jace Whitaker as well on Sunday, and uh, were able to hold down the fort without Murphy and Marco. And I, I, we all knew what the game plan was going to be and the focus is really going to be on the guys up front, but I still was a little bit worried without having both of those guys or either of those guys and the Cardinals defense stepped up. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Niner passing game was limited coming into that contest. We knew it would be, we knew, I mean, that game plan, you know, I don't mean to pat ourselves on the back. We tell telegraphed how that game was going to go for five days last week. And it ended exactly how we thought. Niners were going to try to muck up that game, use Trey Lance as a de facto running back. Oh, by the way, he's got a hurt knee now. And their, their passing game, even though I like a lot of their receivers, is is just bottom tier in the NFL. So it was, you know, it's probably why they felt more comfortable saying, "Okay, Marco, let's get you, get you rested and 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 good to go for Cleveland and Houston." Same thing with Byron Murphy. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Robert Alford. I put this out on Twitter. I think he had like the third highest graded rating for the Cardinals after that performance yesterday. I mean, he's making the vet minimum this year. What equates to the vet minimum. Now he, he got paid handsomely, handsomely the past two years, to not play football because fluke injuries. But I mean, I, even the pass interference penalty, I, I, I thought he had, uh, or he did have, I thought was questionable at best. He is somebody that the Cardinals would be swimming without his leadership his experience in that back seven, you know, we love Byron Murphy, but this is really his first full season as a full-time starter and he's blossoming, but Alford's, you know, been a lot, been around the block. He's over 30 years old. He and Vance clearly have a great rapport. I mean, Trey, Trey Lance, and I, yeah, I get it. He's a 21 year old rookie, but he, they started him with confidence, completed 15 passes for under 200 yards and did not throw a touchdown. I mean, the job the secondary did, Alford, Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, Isaiah Simmons played a little bit slot corner. You mentioned Hamilton looked good. Chase Whitaker was in there. I mean, these are the kind of performances that probably get overlooked over the course of a 17-game season when you're having to incorporate, you know, your second and third teamers. But, man, first of all, I think the tempo was set by the front seven, the pass rush, and then the back seven just followed suit. So 
They're right now the Cardinal defense. I know we'll get to them. It's, I believe, six in the NFL in total scoring defense. I mean, they're a huge, huge reason. The offense gets all the headlines, but they're a huge reason this team's 5-0. and Yeah, we're going to get to the defense. But first, the Cardinals covered the spread. Johnny, did you end up, did you end up putting any money on it? No, I didn't feel good about it. I chickened out Sunday morning during our PHNX tailgate show. I told Saul and Shane, I was like, I, I feel like they're going to win, but five and a half points, you know, that game was close down to the wire. It was a three-point game at the beginning of the fourth quarter. So I chickened out. I feel better about – I will say I feel better about this game Sunday. We'll talk about it later in the week in terms of the spread. But, no, I, I did not. I, I chickened out. It's all right. They won. Yeah, I chickened out as well. I ended up putting together some weird parlay – with the, the Bucks game and was betting on the Bucks to do some things that they didn't and uh, lost some money. <laughs> happens. Happens. Although the Bucks did a lot in that game. Are you sure? You I know they did track? a lot and they still were not the first to score 10, first to 10 points and whatever oh, the heck geez. else. I, yeah, I just, yeah, I'm not great at betting yet. I'm still, uh, you watch PHNX bets daily with myself and Shane. We do our best when we're not screaming at each other. It's it's much more violent and aggressive than this. Thankfully, this podcast is, especially on days like today. So, no, I'm sure you'll you'll bounce back. All right. Well, if anyone else is new to sports betting like me, first, don't be like me and check out Johnny Johnny's Bet Show, and then download the DraftKings Sportsbook app using the code PHNX. But as always, twenty one and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Next Step. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. I also want to remind you guys that our deal of the week for members, 20% off our PHNX t-shirts. So they've got the PHNX logo on there. We love all of our tees, especially our team tees. But hey, I, I like some simplicity sometimes in my wardrobe, just a plain black and white tee. Uh for a day like today, day like day like Monday, where I'm, uh, yeah, I just want to throw on a t-shirt. <laughs> That's right. I love the clothes that I'm not just saying it. I, I love the clothes of the PHNX locker. Uh, you can get significant promotions and discounts, especially when you're a member throughout the duration of the year. And I, I think it's seemingly like every other week there's a new shirt to pick from. Two phenomenal Cardinal t-shirts. You know, I'm you know I didn't go to Arizona State or Arizona, and I bought each of the graphic tees. My wife and I are going to rock one. Of, uh, a pair of piece. So, okay. If you had, so, if you had gone to either one of those schools, you would know that that's like a huge no, no. <laughs> it's the, it's what's going on with John Cusack right now, trying to rock the white Sox and the Cubs uh, uh, brand. So no, I'm pulling the John Cusack. I just, you know, I support my, uh, my PHNX because I, I just frankly think they're both really fire t-shirts. So it's kind of where I'm at. Okay. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Uh, not quite done yet talking about injuries uh, with Max Williams going down. It's got a lot of Larry Fitzgerald fans taking to Twitter to kind of nudge the Cardinals to give Larry a call. And, you know, he can, he, he can block, he can play in the slot, you know, why not no. give Larry a call? Here's what Cliff had to say when he was asked about it today. Yeah, I, I think he's playing a little too much golf to um, come over here and practice football at this point. Dang it. Don't feed the mob. Don't feed the Twitter mob, Cheerson. Apparently, Cardinal Media feels like that's a you know legitimate question to ask on a Monday after starting 5-0. I love Larry Fitzgerald. He's the greatest Cardinal of all time. He is 38 years old. 
He's never played tight end. He cannot play tight end, right? I think so many people are like correlated with, well, he was a tremendous blocking receiver. Just go block a defensive end now, Larry. It's the same thing as blocking a DB when you were, you know, 10 years younger. It's not the same thing. Max Max Williams is a huge mountain of a man. I love Larry Fitzgerald. He's not the physical, you know, specimen in terms of the girth that you have to be to play that position. George Kittle, right? These guys are, you know, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. I I love the sentiment. I know where the crowd is going. They want, I mean, everybody wants Fitz around to enjoy what's going on right now with this team. Like the Cardinals are going to need to go out and make a legitimate move to get a premier or a proven tight end. Like they're going to have to give up draft capital to replace Max Williams. He's playing that well this season. Larry Fitzgerald is, is, I mean, with every passing week and how good this Cardinal receiving core looks like not outside of injury, knock on wood, like, if Larry wants to play this year, it's going to be for somebody else. The Cardinals are too, too stacked at receiver. You can't give out. I mean, it's a 53-man roster. I've said this before. I'll get heat for it. I'll get heat right now. I don't I don't care. This is not a cha- this is not a charity, right? Cardinals need to use their 53-man roster spots for depth at corner and defensive tackle and clearly tight end, right? They, they don't need a 38-year-old receiver who, by the way, likes to be paid handsomely for his services. They're good. They're not paying Rondell Moore or anything or Christian Kirk or A.J. Green. So all the money gets allocated to D-Hop. But I love you, Fitz. He's not coming to play tight end. I I don't think so either. I just like to kind of stroke the conversation you, sometimes. You poke because... the bear. <laughs> uh, and I did mention after the game yesterday that the first thing that came to mind, I was like, well, you know, crazier things have happened. We saw Tim Tebow go from – from quarterback to baseball player to and it, making an attempt to play tight end in the NFL. So crazier things have happened. I'm afraid if I make a bet, like if he comes back and plays tight end for them, like I'll shave my head because I know like the 1% would run with it and it would happen and I would have <laughs> to do it. And I can't, and I can't afford to do it because I'm already, you know, five, six and a half. I need my hair. But like something like that, like I need to wager something like that for, for it to happen, then I would have to do something extreme. All right, we'll think of we'll think of something. But the fact that yeah. you're a little uh, hesitant about like <laughs> betting something too extreme says that you got a little bit of something in the back of your head, your mind telling you that it could happen. I have we have time for a quick story. So, and most I mean people who follow me on Twitter, there's not many of you, but when the Cardinals were in the process of you know, looking into Kyler Murray, I put out on Twitter, I was like, there's no way they draft Kyler. They have Josh Rosen. You don't spend two top 10 picks on a quarterback back-to-back years. It never happens. So I said, if if I, if I the Cardinals take Kyler Murray, I will delete my Twitter. I will never come back. Oh, my God. I'll get rid of it. And I was adamant about it. It was so dumb. And then Steve Kime comes out during his press conference in the combine. He's like, yeah, we love – Kyler Murray looks good. And, like, Cliff is telling people at the combine they're going to take Kyler Murray. So – we, I, I struck a deal with with Twitter, and they let me stick around, but I had to change my handle. I had to do a bunch of stuff. But, yeah, it's a real story that that happened. People are still super pissed about it. The, you know, delete your account. You lied to us. So I for, for those that are still affected by that, I apologize. I hope our work here at PHNX has, has made up for it. But that's oh, a real that's story. that's a really good story. Okay. Well. Uh... Damn it, Josh Rosen. Let me At down. Johnny Venerable, if you want to A, just give him a pity follow, or B, if you want to <laughs> give him some flack for not deleting his account, it's your choice. Those people <laughs> have long been blocked. They got real upset, real quick, real adamant. All right, well, before I move on from the Larry conversation, I did I, – I, 
I thought it was interesting how complimentary of Kyler uh, and Cliff and what they the offense has been able to do. This is from his show, uh, Let's Go, with Tom Brady, Larry Fitzgerald, and Jim Gray, their weekly radio show that's also a podcast. Um, this is from last week, so this is before the Niners game. And here's here's what Larry had to say about, I guess it would have been a 4-0 start at the, at the time. They look fabulous, you know. Obviously, Kyler has really taken the next step. I mean, he's rookie of the year as a rookie, you know, made the Pro Bowl uh, last season, and, and now is front runner for the MVP. And in my, uh, you know, opinion, I mean, he's really got great command of it. They were dominant on both sides of the defensive front and the offensive line. They've been able to run the ball, control the line of scrimmage, and you know, really took the win out of their cell. Uh, that being the Rams early in the game, um, you know, it, it just looked like a very dominating performance. The secondary of the Cardinals really was flying around and and giving the the Rams receivers fits all day, and uh, they just looked like they're really, really clicking all cylinders. Larry, from what you've been able to see, what do you detect has been the biggest change with the Cardinals this season? Jim, I would say Kyler's been on his trajectory, um, but the way he just effortlessly commanded the system, now being in his third year with, with Coach Cliff, um, you, you, know, you can just tell they're on the same page. You know, Some of the checks, it looks like he's at the line of scrimmage checking into really, really good runs when he's got favorable uh, numbers in the box. Um, and uh, he just has a great command of it. You know, um, you know, Cliff has given him the keys to the ship, and he's really, really controlling things, you know, at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, he's taking his one-on-one matchups with the receivers down the field. The guys are making plays. Uh, it's just great continuity. Does that sound like a guy that is itching to be a part of what's going on in Arizona or a guy that is happy just talking about it? I think maybe a little bit of both, I'm sure. Larry, last year, he had about with COVID – and he questioned a lot of things. I think he said he wrote up his will. So I don't know if he has the fondest mem- recent memories of playing. Last year, the career lows across the board. Uh, you know, there's something to be said about Larry just being able to enjoy this team as a fan, a fan of the organization, a fan of guys he played with. That is what I'm hoping this is, you know, coming from. I would love to just be able to sit with Larry and watch a game on a Sunday. I think that would be a really fun experience. Larry, if you're listening, we'd love to set that up at our studio. But you just to, to have his insight, he's got, I'm sure, a lifetime contract with the Cardinals or whomever if he wants to be a broadcaster or an, or an analyst. Certainly his insight would go a long way for, for somebody. But to me, I just – Tom Brady is the outlier. We know that. He's 45, 46 years old, playing quarterback at the highest level we've ever seen. Most players – there's a steep and definitive drop off and it happens quickly when you lose that elite athleticism. And we had just grown so accustomed to being with Larry since he was just a young man in his early twenties to, you know, older, older felon is in his late thirties, you know? So to me, I, I, I just think that he's enjoying this. I know he likes Kyler and cliff, especially cliff. He and cliff had a really good relationship. So I'm sure he just wants to see everybody do well. All right, so right now, Darrell Daniels, he's on the reserve COVID-19 list. And then Demetrius Harris, uh, he and Ross Travis split snaps um, in Williams' place. So do they need to go out and, like, for sure get another tight end? If so, what what is your best case scenario? Like, who's the guy that you would want? So... If, if people are listening to this podcast, I'm going to put it in written form too on Wednesday. If you don't listen to the podcast, shame on you. 
but you're listening <laughs> now, so we appreciate you. So here's here's where it's compounded. It makes things more difficult. So if you do a heavy package offensively, typically that would have two tight ends or you could bring in an offensive lineman or tackle to play tight end. Cliff has done that in the past. He did that uh, his rookie season with, with Justin Murray at times, was the team's sixth lineman. Same thing last year. That would typically be Max Garcia in certain cases. Well, Max Garcia is starting now. So not only do you not have your starting tight end, but you don't have your heavy tight end offensive tackle that you kick out to the outside and help, let's say, DJ Humphreys when he goes one-on-one with Miles Garrett this weekend. So with that being said, they do. They have to go make a big move. You have to see what you have with this team. You're 5-0. and I think Kime will make a move. Um, you know, Steve has some shortcomings as a GM. We've been adamant about that in the past. Certainly I have. One thing he he does not shy away from, it's part of the reason I love following this team, they're aggressive. They go for it. They make midseason trades. He traded for Kenyon Drake midseason of Kyler Murray's rookie year when they, they weren't going to the playoffs, but he wanted to see that team thrive and do better. Last year, they brought on Marcus Golden. So with that being said, the, the two moves that make the most sense right now, Dan Arnold is, is in Jacksonville, stranded on an, an unbeaten, not an unbeaten, an, a winless island with with Urban Meyer and everything going on right now. Dan Arnold also led the team somehow in receiving yards this past weekend against Tennessee. So he signed a two-year contract this past spring with Carolina. For whatever reason, they shipped him out after I think he was having like a really good start to the season. They remember reading articles about camp and how well he was doing with Sam Darnold. But they're like, give us C.J. Henderson and a pick. You'd have Dan Arnold some change. Uh, or I think flip that. C.J. Henderson went to Carolina for Dan Arnold and a legitimate pick. And Dan Arnold felt like a throw-in. He's on a two-year contract. They're in a complete total rebuild mode. The Cardinals don't have a fourth-round pick next year. They use it on Mar- Marco Wilson. Could you get Dan Arnold back to Arizona for a fifth-round pick? He's not making a ton of money. I think $9 million over two years. That would be the number one move I would make. Now, he's not a great blocker. We saw that last year. But he certainly knows the offense. He's rapport with Kyler Murray. Sensational in the red zone. That's the number one move that makes the most sense. I said it last year. Marcus Golden made the most sense because there's rapport with the organization. That's You're going to go with guys that you know have a rapport with your organization, your coach, before you do anything else. Because you vet a guy – prior to, and they have a stint with you, you feel much more confident and comfortable bringing somebody on. If you're bringing somebody in like this next guy, so John U. Smith is a tight end for the New England Patriots. He got paid a bu- like $50 million. It's on Twitter. I don't know if that's real money or not. Certainly that wasn't his guarantees, but he signed a big bloated contract along with Hunter Henry last March and free agency. He got used like three times Sunday. He's clearly fallen out of favor with Belichick. He was a big time player for Tennessee during their recent heyday, and we highlighted it in our week one matchup against Tennessee, they didn't have John Smith, right? So whatever reason, he's a non-factor right now. He's being paid handsomely. Could you go to New England and say, we'll give you maybe our third-round pick next year for John Smith? And before everybody freaks out about the cap situation, they've got it on record, he's, he's due just under $2 million the rest of the year. Now you'd have to backfill and eat a lot of that money on the back end, but again, we're, we're, we're not thinking about future years. This Cardinal team right now, and I checked the odds before we recorded, is the six best odds to win the Super Bowl, right? So do you can you afford, with that expectation now in mind of fans and sports books and media, to have a huge glaring hole at an important position? I don't think you can. So he, he makes a lot of sense. Uh, Hayden Hurst from uh, Atlanta makes some sense. Former second-round pick of Baltimore that got traded to Atlanta. There are options. They will secure somebody, but you lose with Max. 
the continuity that he brought. This is his third year with, with Kingsbury and company. He's an elite run blocker. He was going to set all kinds of career marks for a receiver. He looked good yesterday before he got hurt. It's unfortunate, but it is not irreplaceable. Rodney Hudson, you make an argument, irreplaceable. Certainly Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, irreplaceable. I love Max Williams. Then go out and get somebody else. Yeah, I like Smith, and I like the fact that you mentioned Dan Arnold in there, his situation, and the fact that he knows the system. He played here last year, so it would be an easy transition for him. Uh, All right, so you mentioned the Cardinals have the six best odds to win the Super Bowl right now. Do you know off the top top of your head, do you know what what the top five were? Oh, yes. Well, the Rams were ahead of them for sure. So Rams, Bills, Bucks, Chargers, Mm. somebody else in the Cardinals. Interesting. Oh, Packers. 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 Mm -hmm. So you've got – They're fourth right now in the hierarchy of the NFC, behind the Packers, the Rams, the Bucks, and – Packers, Rams, Bucks. Maybe that's it. Yeah, and then they're fourth. So those are just the four division leaders right now. That would make some sense. And then a lot of people think that AFC is fraudulent, Chargers, Bills, and then a big drop-off. So is that something that you can go bet on right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook app? You you certainly can. You certainly can go do that. Um, it's, I mean, goodness, I think if you bet $100, it was paying out over a grand. Uh, which is nice, wow. nice place to be. Yeah, big time money. I mean, the Cardinals never won a Super Bowl in their their history of the franchise, so I think they were plus, maybe plus twelve hundred last time I checked to win the Super Bowl. So you bet a hundred dollars, you win twelve hundred. I don't know that. That sounds sort of appealing to me. It does. It does indeed. That's the allure of sports betting. As always with DraftKings, though, it's safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So if you were to to get that 1200 bucks at the end of the season, you can deposit, withdraw whenever you want. So, all right, let's move on to... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, no, Johnny, you've got something to say. Don't you have something to ask me? Tell the people what else you have to say. So good news, my family did return last night. You probably hear my daughter screaming from the other side of the door as we record this podcast. I picked them up from the Phoenix Mesa airport at 12.30 a.m. last night. And before I did, I was like, you know, I haven't seen my wife in 10 days. I'm going to get cleaned up after I left the stadium looking like a slob from being there for eight hours, you know, getting the results for you, America. I went home and I got taken care of with Manscaped thanks to the promo code PHNX. Manscaped.com, 20% off site-wide, free shipping. The Lawnmower 4.0 It's how I get my face camera ready with Miss Cheerson here on our on our podcasts and live streams. I also have the body wash, which smells great. And I was like, oh, that's is that a new product? That smells good. I'm like, hell yeah, it's from Manscaped.com. Promo code PHNX, 20% off site-wide. It's great. I love it. I'm going to continue using it. I hope you do the same. Johnny, I love that for you. I love all that for you. <laughs> for me, only me. It's for me. Give me all the products. I'm hoarding the products at my house, stealing all the man skate products. All right. Well, I, I guess what is your biggest takeaway from the Cardinals win over the Niners? What's what's the one big thing that you're taking away from it? That they got incredibly physical with a team that they knew was going to try to punch them in the mouth. Uh, we knew all week. It was like Bosa and Armstead 
and Fred Warner and those guys were coming to hit Kyler Murray. And even more so than the defense, because I thought the defense would play well, the way the Cardinals offense responded, and we, we always make it about the offense, right? But the Cardinals, after they needed to have a touchdown, they went and got one. With Hopkins, they ran the ball effectively with James Conner. They iced the game with the two-minute offense, so to speak. They haven't been able to do that maybe ever in the Kingsbury era. Usually they have to punt and rely on their defense. Yesterday it was just like, no, we're going to take care of business now. We're done screwing around. And then, of course, you know we've been preaching about Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. Where are you? We haven't seen Chandler Jones really make an impact since week one. They didn't have a sack yesterday, but you know I watched every snap of that game in person. They were incredibly physical. They gave the bookend tackles for San Francisco every bit of what they what they wanted, what was coming to them. What J.J. Watt did in that game, certainly I thought he had the he was the player of the game. You mentioned it as such with Saul in the postgame show, but you know I, I looked at some clips last night, some advanced metrics. I mean, he he was sensational. He he he's not going to win Defensive Player of the Week because he didn't have the sacks. But he he should be in the he should be in the running. He was fantastic, and they brought him in for that kind of environment, and that kind of game, and he delivered. I'm impressed by the way that they are able to win with their offense, win with their defense, win with their second string guys, win with mm-hmm. the, with third string guys. Even yeah, I feel like this game. I would say through the first five weeks, I think it's been evident that Cliff Kingsbury and Vance Joseph, I think have improved and settled in to things here in Arizona tremendously. I mean, Vance mm-hmm. Joseph for a little while there was, was on a hot seat. And uh, I think we yeah. forget that sometimes. He was their best coach at the end of last year. He's better coaching better than clip defense playing better at the end of last year, but his first year they were bottom tier in every NFL category defensively. And to start last season, he wasn't great, but something clicked mid season last year. And it was, not as evident because the offense wasn't producing. They were still losing games, but their point totals were down. And to me, this season is just the logical next step. And we, we've talked about it before. The majority, the large majority of their investments in free agency in the draft have been on defense. Xavier Collins, Isaiah Simmons, Zach Allen, Jordan Phillips, who's not around, J.J. Watt, Two fourth round defensive tackles, Lecky Foto and Rashad Lawrence, who both played well yesterday. Marcus Gold. I mean... They have flushed that unit continuously in the draft. Offensively, I mean, like DJ Humphreys has been here for a while. You know, DeAndre Hopkins has been here for a couple of years now. Kyler Murray, three years now. I mean, there are a lot of young players on the defense. Zavin Collins, I know we talk about him all the time because I'm infatuated with him as a player and his and his capability defensively. I mean, he's barely played. Isaiah Simmons, for the most part, in his Cardinal career, has barely played. So to see those guys have the culmination process of, okay, we were taken high and we're going to back up a performance. Now the hit that Isaiah Simmons laid on Trey Lance, the goal line. That's oh my a hit. gosh. Yeah. That's a hit that Bobby Wagner and Patrick Willis make on like Carson Palmer in, in, in his heyday. Like they used to make statements with performances defensively like that. Cardinals really never have. And so finally to be able to flip the script and say like, Hey, Trey Lance, like you're an athlete playing quarterback. You're not going to come into our stadium and beat us. I don't care if you're with Kyle Shanahan. And Trey Lance is beat up today. He's got a bum knee. The Cardinals made it hurt yesterday. I mean, they had some guys go out, but they made it hurt for San Francisco. We just haven't seen that kind of physical performance, certainly from Cliff Kingsbury's led team in some time. Yeah, I love to see the physicality. And you mentioned Trey Lance with a sprained left knee. I don't know if it came 
on that Simmons hit or what. Uh, I don't think he noticed it until till today. So Trey Lance is now injured. So you've got the Cardinals 5-0 and sitting atop the division. The Rams 4-1 after beating the Seahawks. The Seahawks and Niners both dropped to 2-3 and on the season. So the, and the Cardinals are in really great shape right now when it comes to the division. Russell Wilson being out for however long he's out. Oh, you know, actually, huge. it changed. It changed today with Russell Wilson. So originally, we were saying four weeks, and then it was like no, six to eight weeks. And then I came out today that there, he's not setting any timetable for a return. That's that's not a that's not an ideal situation. Uh, the Cardinals do have the dis not the disbenefit, but the unfortunate situation where they play Seattle late in the season, I think like the last week of November and then in week 17. Now, I don't know what that Seattle team is going to look like at that point. I would say maybe, you know, the resting players, maybe he doesn't come back at all. But the Cardinals are, if as long as they keep winning, they, everything else takes care of itself. The Seahawks, to me, are going to go into a complete and utter free-for-all. Their, their offense, certainly their roster does not support not having a top three to five quarterback. They're very top heavy with guys like Jamal Adams. And, you know, to me, this was a long time coming. We've waited for a regression year with Seattle. It's finally here now. Russell Wilson had a foot out the door last year and certainly made his presence known in the offseason that, you know, I'm not in love with this organization anymore. My wife and I wouldn't mind going elsewhere. I think that's what's going to end up happening. I really do. I think he's going to say, you know, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to worry about my situation because I've carried this franchise on my back for a decade. And, you know, Seattle could be in a full-blown rebuild mode this spring. And, you know, the Cardinals will benefit from that, as what they will with the dysfunction right now that's going on with the San Francisco 49ers. And this was – I just think back to going into the season, the arrogance from that organization to say, like, hey, we, we feel like we're Super Bowl contenders with Jimmy Garoppolo, where you're not. But then they also said, well, we're going to rebuild our quarterback room on the fly and trade three picks for a guy who's essentially a complete project. Like, that's not how the NFL works. Did, did that rub you the wrong way? Yeah, it did. Because their 2019 season and their fans, you know, they're chirping at me on social media. And I'd love just to stick it at them that Cliff Kingsbury now has a higher winning percentage in the regular season than Kyle Shanahan. But I, I just, I don't have anything against the Niners per se. But like Kyle Shanahan, if he has a losing season this season, he's going to have four out of, of his five seasons in San Francisco with, with losses, more losses than wins. That that quarterback performance yesterday, if you can call it that. I mean, like Trey Lance, good kid, right? 21 years old, has played one collegiate game in the last two years. He's not an NFL quarterback right now. It's clear why they wanted to start Jimmy G, because I'm sure in practice, they're just like, it's not even close. They probably didn't want to play him at all this year. And so Jimmy G goes down because he always goes down. And now you've got this kid who's incredibly raw. He had a couple nice throws. He had some drops. But for the most part, it's all over the place with his accuracy. What was he doing? He was running around like a running back and he's going to get beat up as such. So there, there, you can't talk about competing in this division with these players and these other quarterbacks, Stafford and Kyler Murray with, with what we saw yesterday. That's why I don't care if the score was a field goal or a one point win for the Cardinals. They made their statement. Like the Niners cannot hang with the Cardinals because the Niners are so inept at quarterback right now. It's a passing league. You got to throw the football. Yeah, I agree. The battle, no surprise, is going to be between the Cardinals and the Rams for this division. Johnny, I can't wait to to be back with you and, and Frank. We missed him again over the weekend, but we're we all going to, the gang's going to be back together in studio tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. Be awesome. Can't wait.